0: I know it's
1: true. This is uh, Jim Fetzer, your host on The Real Deal, where i have a very special guest today. Two, in fact, Claire Kuhn, who's been an indefatigable student of the thesis that Paul McCartney died in 1966 and was replaced by the man we know today among students of this issue as Fall F-A-U-L, for false Paul or fake Paul, and uh, 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 a man, Stephen uh, Dickinson, who appears to be a son of Paul McCartney. I want to welcome you both to The Real Deal. Claire, welcome to the show. Stephen, I'm just delighted to have you here.
2: Thank, Thank you. you.
1: Claire, why don't you give us an introduction as you, how you came to discover Stephen. Or did well, it happen I, the other way around? Did Stephen discover you?
2: No, it was sort of, well, he came out on a Facebook page, which by fluke or fate, um, I had happened to share. I don't share very many things anymore. I don't go through my timeline. It's too much stuff. But I just happened to, uh, look at this post. It was an old Beatles, early Beatles, uh, performance. I passed it along for fun. Uh, some of my friends noticed it. And then when he came on starting to talk about how he was a Paul son, a claimant, to being uh, 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 an uh, an illegitimate child of the original Paul, and that his mother had told him that Paul had died, and that he had been visited by the Beatles, and that his mother had died shortly thereafter, my friend said, just in case this is for real, don't you think you should try to get a, a hold of him for his safety? And I tried for a few weeks, but he doesn't answer his his private messages very often. And I was worried because everyone else was trying to do so, too, out of curiosity, mostly. And finally, we connected. And I suggested, if you're for real, why don't we talk about doing a legal testament of your memories? And if they're for real, they could be sifted by the public. I didn't automatically believe it, but I didn't disbelieve it. And we've worked for the past five months on getting this here
1: today. Terrific. Stephen, I'm so glad you're here. Would you uh, tell me a bit about your own history, your date of birth, how you came to learn of your parentage and so forth?
0: Well, Jim, um, I was born on the 10th of the 767, um, so the 10th of July. I've got a bad day in a couple of days on Sunday um, in Liverpool. And... the man I thought was my father was called George Dickinson, who my mother married. Um, but not long after my second birthday, my mother told me that George wasn't my biological father; that um, James Paul McCartney was. Um, I knew who he was when Mum told me, Jim. Um, obviously, I, I'd heard of him. We had his music, and I, I, you know, I didn't believe it straight away, and I said, "Oh, don't be stupid, Mum." And she got a bit upset with me and went, you know, James Paul was your father and it's important that you know who your biological father was. Um, we spoke about how they met. Um, my mother ran a typing pool opposite Brian Epstein's office in Liverpool Town Centre, Jim. She worked
1: in a typing pool in Brian Epstein's office in Liverpool.
0: at a typing pool opposite his office.
1: Opposite of his office.
0: Yeah, and she ran the typing pool. She was a bit older, and she ran the girls in the typing pool. She administered, you know, the typing she, pool. She supervised
1: the typing pool.
0: Yeah, and and Paul used to come over on occasion and, and visit her on a dinner break, she said, and they we were friends for a while, um, and it led to more, and it led to me.
1: <laughs> well, absolutely, really quite fascinating. The, the, your date of birth again, Stephen, I'm sorry I didn't catch it
0: my date of birth is the 10th of July 1967
1: jim the 10th of July 1967
0: yeah which means i must have been conceived not long before his death
1: that's right that's really quite remarkable even yeah. stunning stephen Um uh, what 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 did your mother tell you about her relationship with paul
0: she said she had and um, she was she was into classical music jim um and um He had a shared interest. He basically came over chatting her up, Jim. Um, She resisted um, his attentions in that way. Eventually, you know, they did get together.
1: Was it it a a deliberate decision to conceive a child between them, or did that simply happen inadvertently?
0: Hmm. I'm not sure, Jim.
2: May I? May I um, Claire, go ahead. Yeah, There is something um, in Stephen's testimony always where he said that she said she waited to have him. This leads to a number of questions. It doesn't necessarily mean they specifically planned the pregnancy. But um, with other parts of the testament which will come out uh, as we talk about it, um, they seem to have had a trip together to Vienna at some point. They seem to have known each other quite some time. She was a Liverpool lass and a little bit proper and tight-laced, more 50s than 60s, Stephen has said, until she loosened up a little later. And she was several years older than Paul. So she would have been a good, supposedly very good-looking, he said, but good-looking but a bit of a mother figure, someone he could confide in when he was worried. So there's a number of issues here about what was the Jane Asher relationship that, that was supposed to be his main bird in London, as they say. Was he even secretly married or engaged, engaging with uh, Irene? Or was it just a love and friendship? We don't know, but it seems to have been a longer-term relationship with a special trip as well. So there's there's a certain amount here that shows maybe some uh, either intention to have Stephen or a fairly good friendship that has been almost completely missed.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Stephen, would you perchance have any photographs of your mother you could put on display here that we could see?
0: Um, I, I do have one, Jim. Um, it's when she was pregnant with my younger half-brother. Sure. Um, it doesn't really do it justice. If I put it in the camera, you'll see it. Yeah. I'll have uh, to go and get it. It's in the bedroom.
1: Sure, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. <laughs> Claire, meanwhile, you've not seen this photograph before, I take it?
2: Claire. No, because one one of the things that has happened is, and we're, of course, jumping around in what actually was a story, just necessarily in discussing it here, but the his, his father, his stepfather, who looked after him very well for many years, and he looked after him when he was dying some years ago, um, that stepfather took all of the photos and claimed he lost this
0: them. This isn't so a photo, Jim. Stephen, Steven go. How well you'll get it. Is that is that she is she with George there then? Yeah, Stephen? Yes, oh, she, yeah, and she's pregnant with my younger half brother Alan. And she's pregnant with younger half brother Alan. Yeah. Okay.
1: Very nice, Stephen. Thank you. Thank you for that. Tell me, you 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 were seven years old when she first informed you that you were actually not the son of your stepfather George, but of James Paul McCartney. That's how did how did she break the news? I mean, was he was Paul in the in the news? Uh, was there a reason circumstantial that she brought it up? You
0: no, know, from what I can remember, Jim, um, we were we were discussing George, um, and she just came out and told me uh, we were having a conversation that that we where we were talking about George, and I was saying something. Well, you know, Dad's this or that, and she said. She stopped me mid-sentence and said, "Stephen George isn't your father." And that's how she broke it to me. Jim. Um, I thought it was incredible when she told me, but you know when someone's lying on them. And you know my mother wasn't the type to mess about. She was quite a, you know.
1: Yes, of a course.
0: Person, Jim. She was a serious person, and I knew she was telling me the truth. Um, yes, yes, yes. I'd like to go about proving this, Jim.
1: Yeah, tell us. Tell us whatever. What, have you made an effort to to confirm what she told you, which you believe sincerely for good reason?
0: Um, yes, I have. And um, my father was a. Um, it seems was a bit of a womanizer, Jim. Um, George
1: George was a bit of a womanizer.
0: Poor, no, James Moore was.
1: Oh yeah, of course. Um,
0: yeah. yeah, and he, and he had. Um, Children everywhere. Now, if I can, if I can prove that, in say, Bettina, is it Claire?
2: Yes, there are several uh, illegitimate children claimants. Uh, only one has gone to court, and she gave up her court case. Liverpool. There's one possibly in Seattle, and there's one going by the name of Michelle McCartney, for whom the the song Michelle may have been written when she was a baby. So we do know of several children. It would have to be, of course, paternal DNA. So it would have to be them or their sons. Or Stephen and paternal, even if it's not Paul's own family directly, could be a fatherly line down to yes. boys. It would have yes. to be boys. Yes. boy boy yes. if it were.
1: You're talking about a, a young woman in, in Germany who made the claim and had the test of
2: Tina had had the test in court. Her her mother was actually, um, she actually won a court case in Germany back back in the 60s. That was more protocol. We don't know if it was really the kid. And they fought again in the 80s. And then she fought again, I think, in the early 90s or something. And and it got stopped. And and my guess is that she actually, somebody told her, you know, lay off this. And she was paid off or something. We don't know. But uh, those people could be tested against Stephen probably with, Less resistance maybe than uh the brother of Paul who got really friendly with um the replacement the, uh, no,
1: the various uh offspring might co- be compared with one another. is that one of your suggestions
0: yeah that's right yeah it wouldn't it, so,
2: it wouldn't likely be another sailor or something and yeah, and it wouldn't <laughs> it wouldn't prove the replacement, but it would show that Stephen's testament in the other factors might have more Likelihood that the Beatles might have come and visit, or his mother might have told him he died. Those things begin to be even more credible.
0: If I if I can prove, uh, Jim, that I'm um, Bettina's brother, Philip Howard's brother, or Michelle Levalier McCartney's brother, then that would be a long shot, wouldn't it? They're all saying well, yeah, it would be extraor-
1: it, and- it would be extraordinary if you shared DNA with them. Yeah. And and would not be related by virtue of having in this instance the same father.
0: Yeah. So that's what I'm out to do, Jim. And the steps I've taken, and um, Philip's hard to contact. There's no contact details for Philip and I've said and I've asked on the Facebook group. Same with Michelle. Um they seem to have been in the public eye a little bit at the turn of the um around two thousand, but um they don't have any public persona now. But Tina does, and I contacted her and tried to um, friend her on Facebook. She has mutual friends in the group, but she won't befriend me, Jim. I've told her that I believe I'm a half-brother, but I've had no response at all.
2: I think there's we, a simple e- explanation for that, Stephen. There's fear and there's concern to connect with you. So we're hoping partly that this broadcast and the credibility and maybe even the incredibility, the 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 shock of it might throw some ripples through insiders and the semi-outsiders like Bettina who know things and who just might behind the scenes do something. But there is high risk for them if they talk to anyone while they're doing that before they do it. That's the problem. That's what part of our message is. Don't come out formally. Just somehow let us know.
1: What What is your thought about the risk factor Claire do you mean actually being taken out
2: absolutely I, I have no doubt that people I, I, I there have been several people who are very linked to this case who seem to have died very premature deaths related to this case and then there are others who probably had a mix of reasons but where this would be one of the reasons they probably died so um, it's not it's not just that it's not as though the Beatles did this themselves. It's not as though they thought this up themselves. It's not, you know, it's not like a little tiny thing and a mini conspiracy of a family only. It has the feel of that, but it's really a state secret. And that's what a lot of people don't realize. And because it's a state secret, even though the replacement might have his good sides in certain ways, he also is linked to a lot of bad sides that we're going to get into. And, I have no doubt that these people just don't want this out or wouldn't want for fear or also for just looking bad, sticking out like a sore thumb. I mean, you know, there's a combination.
1: Well, it looks as though it's already well known within the research community that Paul had several offspring out of wedlock. And in fact, he never married himself, so any children he had would have been out of wedlock. I mean, he and Jane Asher, of course, were engaged, but it was never consummated by marriage.
0: I believe John Lennon, um, every lyric he wrote, Jim, had a meaning. Um, um, There's a song called Good Morning, Yes. um, where it says nothing to do to save his life, call his wife in. And for that reason, I believe James Paul was married. I don't know whether it was to my mother, but it probably wasn't because there's no record of it. But because for that, for that reason only, I believe there's a good chance he was married.
1: You believe that James Paul actually did marry?
0: Well, from, from that line, it suggests that he did, doesn't it, Jim? I know it's only a line in the song, but I believe John conveyed lots of things in the lyrics. You know, his lyrics had meaning, didn't they? Um, see, that's another thing, Jim. Um, Paul, well, he claims to um, be the driving creative force <laughs> behind the people, Jim, and he isn't. You know. You mean John? John is, yeah.
1: John, John made that claim, but actually it was Paul who was the more creative. And you know, something that astonishes.
0: He said he he's, was the best PR man, Jim. <laughs> he said he was a great PR man. John? John said that Paul was a great PR man.
2: Yeah, he, he, he's a real showman and he's uh, very pretentious and he has his moments and there's all kinds of people who say it's better than the original Paul. But when you actually begin to appreciate the level of feeling, harmonizing, uh, deep love, you can see the intense love between him and John. If they'd had a falling out, normal falling out, it would have been a very public and kind of hot you know they would have been talking about it a lot they were very 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 close mm-hmm. and has gone that's just suddenly gone never to come back and the new man is much more pretentious he seems to have it throws a heavy light on george martin's role george martin really took over the bells and whistles and composition of a lot of the background and, and situation in the music and sir paul became a bit of his protege So you can see this piano composer kind of guy working with George Martin, and they come up, it really, the the situation with Paul's death changes a lot of, it gives a finer uh, finesse to really what people's roles were. But we should probably talk about Stephen's Testament and the storyline itself of what happened when before we get too far in, I think.
1: Well, sure, Stephen, Uh, tell me as much as you would like, for the public to know in relation to your attempts to, uh, uh, to establish your own identity?
0: Um, well, right, Jim, um, I was left in the at, at the age of seven. Um, the only one I had in the world was George. Um, so even though I knew that James Paul was my father, um I kind of I, I had to forget about it basically there were, there wasn't really anyone I could tell, so I was stuck in the position where I just had to get on with things you know and make the best of things the way they were i wasn't happy at having this man um steal my um, father's persona my father's identity i wasn't happy and i and he knew i wasn't happy i met i met John George ringo him, and his mother Jim. They came down to my home in Anfield when I was a boy, and I met them.
1: How, how old were you at the time?
0: I was seven years old. It was about a month well, you mean this was all
1: happening in about the same proximity? Was yeah. That's right. This was before your mother's death?
0: Yeah, just before, Jim. It, it was only a few weeks, about a month, month and a half after their visit, that Mum died. What,
1: what, what was her cause of death, Stephen?
0: I was always told it was lung cancer, Jim. Um, but Claire's done some research and got Mum's death certificate, and it's listed as colon cancer. Um, really? I remember her cooking and cleaning, um, and doing everything that a housewife does. I came home from school one day, and I was told she was in hospital. I came home from school about two, three weeks later, and I was told she was dead. Jim.
1: What was her age at her death? Forty-two. Forty-two. Yeah. So she had you when she was about thirty-five or thirty-four.
2: Thirty-four.
1: You actually have an autopsy report, Claire? How or a certificate of death of some kind?
2: Okay, we we've, we've got we've gone to the trouble of getting the birth, death, and marriage certificates for Irene Mottram Dickinson. Mottram was her maiden name. Uh, we've also got in the mail coming, it's delayed a little, uh, the birth and death certificates for George Dickinson and also Stephen's birth certificate. So they have all been verified through the General Records Office of the UK. It is as far as I could take direct um, verification. There are things in Stephen's test such as friends, a friend who witnessed the visit whom he cannot locate, for a number of reasons yet. Um, and we also have his DNA in baggies. I don't have any of it, okay? Um, I don't have any of the stuff, but uh, there are people who do. So he, uh, I advised him to take hair samples with roots because that's the best DNA test. But DNA doesn't prove his statement, and his statement doesn't prove his DNA. So, of course, he could be... Paul's son and somehow exaggerate or lie theoretically for his statements. And then he could be not Paul's son, but having had a Beatles visit because the Beatles for some reason needed to visit the mother, the, and the lover, but he wasn't actually the son. So you could have, you could have either one match or not match. But if, if one reads the testament carefully and the completeness of the story itself, the tidbits are there enough to know that it's I think highly likely that the events occurred. So, um, his mother did end up dead within weeks of the Beatles visit. And that was something that made him shock as a kid. Um, and I'm just going to look for that actual death certificate so I can read out to you what it says.
1: Well, maybe you should uh, scan and send me copies of these documents if it's all right with Stephen for yes. us to include them in the show.
0: I'd just like to take this opportunity, Jim, to say that I'm 100% certain that I'm James Paul's son. Yes. Yes. I I believe my mother 100% about this. Now, Clara,
1: several times referred to your testament. This is a written statement you've made under oath?
0: Yeah, and I had it witnessed and signed and everything done correctly.
1: How long long is the statement?
0: It's 12 pages, isn't it? 12 pages of A4, Jim.
1: Do you have it available there?
0: Claire, would you you like would
1: you like would you like to read your testament, Stephen?
0: Um, Well, Claire can read it out. You, if you've got it there, Claire, read it out.
2: Okay. Well, those things will be in the slides. Um, Um,
0: But Jim, I'd just like to. um, I'm I'm supposed to have a half brother in America. At least one. That's right, isn't it, Claire?
2: Yes, I can tell the story of how I found out about that. If you like, I'd
0: like to make an appeal to him, Jim. I'd like what, to make-
1: what, what, what is his name?
0: What's we, his name, please? We
2: don't actually know.
1: How, well, it, it, how do you know there is a half-brother in America then?
2: Well, okay. Uh, well, it came to me by private message of someone in um, in a social networking situation, but not Facebook. That, uh, she had been the ex-girlfriend guy who used to talk about this PID stuff and she thought it was kind of interesting and she knew I was interested and she didn't believe it or not and she said she's trying to get back a hold of her ex-boyfriend, had really pissed him off and was afraid he wouldn't but did I think it was kind of interesting boy oh boy? That was sort of the initial, uh, interaction and I said well it sounds kind of plausible so I said Sure, you know, maybe send me some pictures and stuff, and then she sent me some pictures which she claimed were this young man, and she said that it was that Seattle so groupie who was it, it, where the child was passed to some people who worked with um worked with the, the the bands and stuff and were fairly well off so he was okay for money supposedly so this is the story anyway, and that um he had he had actually attempted through fall sir Paul to uh get Acknowledgement, but not for money, and supposedly the lawyers. But, but of
1: course, that, he's not Sir Paul's offspring. He is right, but he wouldn't know
2: that. Only Stephen. See, this is the thing. Only Stephen would know, probably, actually, that Paul. Well, look at
1: look at, the, look at the beauty of the situation. If you attempt to do a DNA comparison, as in the case of the girl from Germany with Sir Paul, it's not going to match, and therefore the That's claim. Right. The parentage is going to be defeated on the yes. presumption that this is the person we are talking about.
2: So back to this boy, well, this young, this man. Now he was born in I in he was from '66 also, but earlier, uh, Seattle, I think. Uh, and he um that 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 concert, and he uh, he was visited by the Sir Sir Paul lawyers supposedly, who told him Paul's dead. And his reaction, supposedly, according to the ex-girlfriend, was, uh, I don't believe it. I think you're a schmuck. My dad is a jerk, and I'm not going to look into Paul's death. I'm not going to look into anything like that. I'm, I've i had it with trying to claim my parentage, you know, like anger at the real father.
0: Well, look, um, I'd like to make an appeal to that person now, Jim. If they see this, contact me. I'd like for us to prove, if if you think that James Paul was your father sincerely, then contact me and we'll prove we're half-brothers.
1: Uh, but uh, possibly Claire could send me these documents in the meanwhile, or do you have them on your desktop, Claire? Okay, why don't you read the Testament, Claire, while well, Stephen is here and he can confirm it?
2: All right, signed on the 11th day of June in the year 2016 at the city of Liverpool in the region of Merseyside in the country of England. My my name is John Dickinson. I was born on the 10th of July, 1967. Happy upcoming birthday, Stephen. In Liverpool, England, the address where I lived just before my eighth birthday and where the events I will describe took place was at 7 Ettington Road, Liverpool, England. That's actually, there's a picture of that on Google. The steps and everything are right there. My mother's birth name was Irene M. Mottram, born on the 13th of October, 1932, in Sefton Park at Sefton Park General Hospital, Smithdown Road. My father's name was James Paul McCartney, the Beatle, born on the 18th of June, 1942. I was conceived just before he died in 1966. After my father's death, my mother met a man named George John Dickinson and married him. She didn't tell me who my biological father was just until, until just after my seventh birthday. For a long time, I thought it was when I was six. I gauged it by her death, the year of which I didn't know until recently. It was the birthday before she died, his birthday before she died. Anyway, when I turned seven, she told me James Paul McCartney was my father. I remember George Dickinson had originally found my mother wandering around the streets of Liverpool alone and upset like she was in a state of shock from some terrible experience. I believe this was in late 1966 when she was pregnant with me. He took care of her and became close to her, and they soon married, even though he knew she he, he was not the father of the, her child. They later had another boy, Alan Dickinson, who is my half-brother, George was very good to me in many ways, and years later, I quit my business and nursed him when he was dying of lung cancer in Liverpool, England. Even at a young age, when I was only seven years old, coming from Liverpool, I knew who James Paul McCartney was. I was surprised by what my mother had told me, and at first thought she was joking with me. After a short exchange of words which started with me expressing my disbelief and ended with my mother stating in no uncertain terms that J. Paul was my father and it was important that I knew it, I asked her how she knew him and how they had met. My mother told me she had worked in and managed a typing pool, maybe as an executive secretary, opposite Brian Epstein's office. The testament here says in the NEMS northeast, North East Stores building. But uh, Stephen has since clarified that he thinks it was across the street or something was, like
0: that. It was up to Brian Epstein's office, Jim. Um, I believe that was in Whitechapel, Liverpool, above the NEMS. Store. The NEMS
2: office was, yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. So yes. it must have been in Whitechapel where the typing pool was.
2: Yes, somewhere close there. The next sentence is, I believe this it was in the Whitechapel area of Liverpool town. Uh, she went on to say that Paul used to see, come and see her on her dinner break. They both had a keen interest in music. My mum's interest was in classical mostly, going by her record collection. She said Paul was also interested in classical music. According to mum, they became friends first, first, and later on, their friendship led to my conception. She also said she waited to have me. After mum told me this, I must have looked at her in a way that made her exclaim, I never threw myself at him, Stephen. I know my mother was a proper virtuous woman and, oh, hang on, (laughs) now I'm on page two, and didn't take having relations with a man outside of marriage lightly. George Dickinson was not home when our first conversation happened and she broke off the discussion when he arrived. My mom and Paul were very close and spent much time together. She usually called him Jamie instead of Paul. I know other people have told me that Paul was not called Jamie, but I guess it was an unusual or love term, or it was actually used by his friends sometimes. She told me she was 100% sure Paul was my dad and was always adamant when I asked about it. As I got used to the idea over the following couple of months, it became something I was curious about.
1: But Stephen, Stephen, yeah. I'm, I'm just very interested that, you know, what was the occasion or circumstances of your creating this document?
0: Right, Jim. Well, um, no one's ever told me where my father's buried, Jim. When I was young, it didn't really matter to me, but as I've lost people, as I've grown older, as you do, um, I'd like to know where he's buried, Jim, and I'd like to pay my respects, Um I I, I was hunting for information about this. I'm going into Tina Foster's blog, Plastic Macca. Yes. Yeah. I noticed comments there with people expressing disbelief, Jim, saying, well, why hasn't any member of James Paul's family ever come forward, if this is true? This made me think. Also, a book came out in 2010, The Memoirs of Billy Shears. Yes, yes, yes. It made me angry reading that book, Jim. Stephen, again.
1: Stephen, Stephen. Okay, we're about to be bounced out of this session, so we'll want to reconvene again, use the same method to reconnect, and we'll continue from there. This is Jim Fetzer, your host on The Real Deal with with uh, Stephen Dickinson and Claire Kuhn talking about Stephen's uh, paternity with James Paul McCartney. We'll be right back. This is uh, Jim Fetzer continuing my conversation with Stephen Dickinson and Claire Kuhn. Stephen, please tell us about your story.
0: Well, Jim, as I said, um, I found out when I was seven years old that James Paul was my father. Um, And there was an impromptu meeting with John Lennon, George Harrison, Ringo Starr, Man who took my father's place in the public eye, and I don't know his name, Jim, I believe his first name's William. Um, And um, his name's reputed to be be William Shears Campbell. He was there with his mother, Jim. Um, So you
1: actually actually met Billy Shears, the replacement for Paul?
0: Yes. I never met my own father, but I met his replacement. All,
1: all, all four of the Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band came to visit you.
0: Yeah.
2: With uh, the mother of well, the well,
1: with, with the mother? You mean with, to, visit, to visit Stephen and his mother?
0: Well, yeah. probably, yeah. William, uh, the replacement for my father, was with his mother, Jim.
1: Was his with Jim. his mother. That's very yeah. interesting. Why do you suppose she? he brought his mother?
0: Well, I thought that was strange, and I made a joke out of that, Jim, and they and they got upset because of that. Um, because I was seven years old and I wasn't with my mum, so you know I I thought it was strange that he had his mother with him. And um, from the moment they walked approached me, Jim, his mother had a very um uncomfortable stare. She was staring at me and made me feel very uncomfortable.
1: The 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 mother of Billy Shearer's,
0: yeah, his mother
1: yeah. at you and made you feel uncomfortable. What was the joke you made that upset them?
0: Um. Well, <sighs> she was upset that I, I wouldn't agree that her son was Paul. I I didn't. I, I said to John. Oh, um, she
1: wanted you to say that her that Billy Shears was Paul.
0: Yes, she didn't like the fact that I I I um, you, I Paul, wasn't happy with the way things were. Um. I said to John, "John, you'll never get away with this." And John said to me, "We already have." Um, he this said, became... We
1: already have.
0: Yeah. Um, this was. This six. is.
1: This is very damn interesting, Stephen. I
0: love this. It was an interesting meeting, Jim. <laughs> um, you were only seven. I was only seven, and I had the five of them in front of me. Um, there was Ringo, then George. John was in the middle. His mother, William's mother. And William was stood back a bit. This, um, is
1: a, this is extraordinary. What did they say? Did each of them speak to you?
0: Um, John did most of the speaking. Um, uh, John said, "I said, um, you know, that you can't do this." And John said, "We're well, letting it be, Dicko." He called me by my nickname. Um, they seem to know what, about what, me. what
1: is your nickname?
0: Dicko, D-I-C-K-O, Jim. Bicker. Dicko. No Dicko
1: for Dickins. Dicko. so John said, what did John say to you? I'm very interested in what each yeah. of them said to you.
0: Yeah, John said to me we're letting it be, Dicko. L- we'll let it be. We're letting it be in other words. We're way,
1: letting it be. He said yeah. we're letting it be.
0: Yeah. So that that's the purpose of, uh, of the the last album, juice. let it be. Um that's what that title concerned, I think, Jim.
1: Sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah, no, no, know, no. Let Tell me wh- how the conversation yeah. went and who spoke to the extent to which you remember it.
0: Um, it's only um, in the well, Testament.
2: Sorry, Claire. Oh, I was just saying, it's, it's in the Testament in order...
0: Well, do you well, want to You, you suggested... You
1: suggested you even, the, have have the opportunity to tell his story... Right? Yes,
2: I was suggesting get giving the pieces of the story Claire, um, in order so that people listen. Claire, Claire, I'm event.
1: interested in this piece, okay? Steven, please do continue.
0: Okay, Jim. Um, they approached me while I was play- playing marbles in the street, Jim. You were um, playing marbles in the street? I was playing marbles in the street when my friend well, came. Well,
1: weren't in. they being mobbed by others? that no one else noticed they were approaching? Mm-mm.
0: No, Jim. Um, the first I've seen of them is when they were practically standing in front of me. Um, one minute, you know, I was there in the, in the road, and the next minute they kind of appeared. It was, it's only a short road, Jim. I didn't see a car pull up, and they didn't get out of the car. So they must have pulled, I see, they went went on bus, and they never got the bus. Um, so they must have pulled up in a car at the top of the road and walked that short length to me. Um, as they approached me, my mother must have knew of their visit prior to this, um, and she said on the step to John, I never told him, John, meaning she never told me about my father's death. She told me who my father was, Jim, but believe it or not, as a seven-year-old, I figured out that he died. Um, what, what,
1: what, what do you think had, had, had signaled that he was dead to you?
0: Um, well, I, I, I can't remember, but I think I might have heard a radio show And I remember playing Strawberry Fields on the blue album, so 33 revs per a minute. And I remember at the end of the album, Jim, turning it to 45 and turning the volume up. So if you listen to the very end of Strawberry Fields on a vinyl album and switch it from 33 to 45, that puts the ending in real time. So whatever jiggery pokery baby did in the studio to achieve that, I don't know but that's how you decode that. So when you switch it from 33 to 45, you hear John saying in real time in his real voice, I bury yeah. Paul.
1: So they, they approached you not knowing that Paul was dead. It would appear in an effort for you to accept Paul as though he were Paul, and yet you knew it. he wasn't.
0: Yeah, I knew, and this was causing a problem for them, Jim, because I was talking to my friends about it. So, Mum must have been in contact with them or someone who represented them and said, Look, he's found out and he's speaking about it.
1: Fascinating. So, um, did you, did you, how much conversation took place in the street?
0: Um, it only lasted about 10 minutes, Jim. They got upset with me and, um. You mean the whole
1: conversation was in the street? You never went inside?
0: No, we didn't. And Mum never came back out. They just walked away. Um. All that mum said was when they first walked up. Mum said, "John, I didn't tell him, as if you know, she never told me. You know, she wasn't supposed to tell me he was dead."
1: What? Well, what what did John say? I mean, did he did he try to introduce you to your father? I mean, did he say no, this is
0: no? They knew that they, they. I knew they knew. I knew he wasn't him.
1: Fascinating. What? What did each of them say? Did Ringo say anything?
0: Yes, he did. Um, oh. Ringo um, called me and said, um, because of my the things I said, Jim, I remember Ringo saying he's another little Jeremy. Another
1: I, little Jeremy?
0: Another little Jeremy. Ringo so, so
1: this would be another uh,
0: offspring of Paul? Maybe? I assume so, Jim. I, I've always wanted to know who the original one was. I <laughs> could
2: what have, have misheard me? another little Jamie. Another, no, little,
0: another Jeremy. little Jeremy. Jeremy.
2: Like that. It could have been that as well.
0: It wasn't, so but he said Jeremy, Claire, not Jamie. Stephen,
2: Stephen,
1: Stephen, what, what did, uh, what did uh, Richard say?
0: Um, I, I don't... I remember mainly talking with John. He never... Re- Richard never really asked me a question or spoke to me. He mainly made comments to the other while, while we were talking. He made comments to the others. Um, William, yes, go ahead. William never spoke at all. He William
1: never me, spoke at all.
0: No, he never said a word, Jim. He never. Did
1: his mother say anything?
0: Um, no, she didn't. But she um, she got upset with me and physically attacked me, Jim. She did. Yes.
1: Yeah. She, she see, she perceived you as a threat. Yeah. That you might expose the the, the yeah. I
0: was making the That's, why, that's
1: really, why she was giving you this look.
0: Yeah, she perceived me as a threat, Jim, and I was making it clear to the to, to them that I wasn't happy about the situation.
1: So John was doing most of the talking. What was John saying? Richard was commenting to the others about what was going on, but not directly to you. His mother and and uh, and Paul weren't saying a word. I, I mean, how did you know it was Billy Shears?
0: Um. Well, he was in the persona of my father, Jim you know what I mean? He was obviously there trying to be my father, you know, look like him. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, And I, I, you know, I realized that this was the man who replaced my father in the public eye. And I can tell the difference between the two of them.
1: Well, sure, there are quite a few. Have you ever seen the Italian forensic scientist comparison of their heads and skulls and their teeth and their palates?
0: Pretty obvious, isn't it?
1: I think it's decisive. They're even of different height, of course. You have yeah,
0: different Paul height. Different
1: Asher, Paul with Jane Asher, and they're about the same height. And then Paul with Jane Asher, and he's like four inches taller.
0: Yeah, I can't believe. I I, I always thought John and um, Jim, but John, John wasn't content with the way things were. So while on one hand John was telling me to just let it be and forget about it. John had been busy all those years leaving clues in the music. (laughs) Um, And I always believed John would expose this sooner or later, Jim. I knew it was on his conscience, and I knew that John would expose it. And when John was murdered, it it absolutely broke me up, you know.
1: What was your assessment of, of Billy Shears as a musician as opposed to your father?
0: I don't like his stuff, Jim. But well, I know um, he's obviously a great talent. You know, he's a talented man. But I personally don't like his stuff.
1: Did you <laughs> like? Did, did you like Wings? I mean, he's proven to be extraordinarily creative.
0: Um. Well, I don't. I think he claims ownership to stuff that's not his, Jim. I think he claims own, I, I think he claims to be the um, creative force behind the later albums. Um. When he isn't, you know. But, um, Sergeant Pepper, we used to have a character in Liverpool, and it, it's like someone who was a liar, Jim, called a Tom Pepper, um, so I believe Sergeant Pepper was relating to this, um, I don't believe that Billy Shears came up with, with the Sergeant Pepper concept, I don't believe he wrote the music in Sergeant Pepper, I don't believe he had a lot of input into that album at all, I believe that was him, um, my father's friends in the music business played on that album, Jim. I believe other 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 musicians played on that album that we don't know about. that weren't given credit for it.
1: But you would agree that it's a funeral for the Beatles in their original incarnation and the introduction introduction of a new band yeah. where your father has been replaced by Billy Shears.
0: Yeah, that's right, Jim, yeah. I mean, there's I really
1: not any doubt about it, it seems to me, for anyone who... Spends any time at all looking into this
0: No, there's there's lots of clues that John left behind John and George left behind um, I mean, there's the end of I'm So Tired um, Back with Mask, Jim Which said, um, Paul, Paul is a dead man Missing, missing, missing That's at the end of the song, I'm So Tired um, There's mountains of clues, Jim There's so many We could talk for another two hours just about the clues
1: All our messages were subliminal, you know <laughs> Meaning we were we were sending messages out, all right. But uh, yeah, but what kinds of messages? Just reporting on the state we were
0: in. You know, looking back on it. This is actually a beetle wife fixing the tea for one <laughs> of <or> about four <laughs> X people. three, about three. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Those freaks was right when they said. Hello. How are you? there's George. Well, to nice see to see you. So how, how long did your conversation with the the five of them endure on the street where you've been playing marbles?
0: Um, about ten minutes it lasted, that's all, Jim. About um, ten minutes. Oh, she got upset with me. and She physically attacked me. It was Ringo who stopped her.
1: How she, did she How did she physically attack you?
0: By putting her hands around my throat, Jim. She put her hands around your throat? Yeah, as a child, she, she put really? her hands around your throat. she? Really? You were a seven-year-old child and she
1: put yeah. her hands around
0: it, your throat? Yeah, with the intention of ending my life, Jim, I believe. And if it wasn't for Ringo stopping her, she probably would have. I'm sure John or George would have jumped in. But she was like, you know, she attacked me. And before I knew it, she had her hands around my throat. I thought she was joking. Um, but she was, was really...
1: What, what do you think you had said that provoked that? Maybe that you'll not get away with it?
0: Because I, I was inconvenient, yeah, Jim, and I made it clear no, to you. No, no, no,
1: I know you were inconvenient, but I mean, what do you think you actually had said that led her to snap like that?
0: Because I was making it clear that I wasn't happy about the, the, the status quo. About what, the I replacement, having, you mean? I, yeah, I wasn't happy with him taking my father's name. That was my, That's my father's name, Jim. Yes, Yes, you know, yes. Um, yes. It, it all seemed rather strange to me. You know, it's not something that happens every day, is it? You know, your father dies and another man takes his position.
1: Of course. Of course. Of course. And today, so, 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 so it was Ringo who stopped. How large a woman was
0: she? Only slight, uh, Not a very large woman. A slim woman, um, Jim. Um, Height-wise, she, she was the smallest house of them all. So she must have only been about five foot five, five foot six.
1: But of course, if, you were smaller than she was.
0: Well, I was only seven, Jim. I know, <laughs> I, know, I, know. <laughs> she I know. me out of the blue. You know, I couldn't believe it. I called her crazy. Um, and that broke up our meet- meeting and, and the five of them walked away. As they walked away, I, I asked in my own way, um, my father's death, what was it an accident or was it murder? No one turned around, but George stopped and turned around and said, we have our suspicions, and he held his finger up. You know, they've had enough of me, Jim. there had been a lot of trouble, but I asked that because I was determined yes, I to ask.
1: George. Yeah, I mentioned. I said Richard, but, of course, I meant George, George Paul. Richard. Jo-
0: George turned, turned around as they were walking away. He turned and said, we have our suspicions, and held his finger up.
1: Now George said, we have our suspicions. Yeah.
0: When I asked, was Paul's death um, an accident or murder, he turned around George Harrison and said, we have our suspicions.
1: So they were walking away when you called out and George turned around to say, yeah, we have I, our I suspicions. I was running after them in the
0: street, asking them this. I was running after them, after them in the streets, asking them this. I didn't phrase it in that manner, but that's what that's what the question I asked. Yeah, it made yeah, up. yeah, yeah.
1: Claire wants and
0: George Harrison. Claire, go um, ahead.
1: Can I panel. make
0: a. Sorry, Claire, go on.
2: No, no, that's fine. Are you done? Are, are, are you? Yeah. No, no, no. We're going to return to this. You go ahead, Claire. I just want to make a broader comment, having dealt with this from the outside on the inside, right? Like something you didn't know about till today, basically, Jim. I've known about for about five months. And um people that I have been working with, with Stephen and I have had many discussions about these issues, right? One of the things that has come up to our minds is... um that Stephen is a unique situation. If he is Paul's son, or even technically speaking, just his mother seriously believed that he was Paul's son, even in that case, and had such a Beatles visit, he would be the only kid of Paul, or likely kid of Paul, who actually knew that Paul died early on, probably. He also is a resident of Liverpool and stayed there. So he's a local, local boy he also met them which i don't think most of those kids did i don't think most of them knew them he also was told thereby from george harrison by saying that it, they had suspicions that paul was dead so he's her, heard it in effect from the beatles himself so and that he had been murdered
1: is, yeah that he had been murdered right
2: i'm talking about the people that come to this case Those are multiple factors which show that if Stephen is correct about his statements, there's a number of things that suddenly are proved. Suddenly are proved. So the death, the murder and also the 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 fact the Beatles knew of a possible murder.
1: Well, the, these, look, the, the the forensic scientists in Italy already established, we're talking about two different people.
2: Only There's, to you, because they're not accepted. So I'm just saying, if you didn't know yeah, about the forensic scientists...
1: We're talking about objective evidence, for crying out loud. It's,
0: it's been up. nearly 50 years, Jim. It's about time my father had peace and was recognized wow. for what he did in the world. And... Um, Billy Shears, great what he's done, but I'd like the two of them to be defined as different people now.
1: Yeah, I'm very, very impressed by all of this, Stephen. It, it's all very, very convincing to me. I think this it, this exchange with them is utterly fascinating, utterly fascinating, right down to Billy Shears' mother trying to take you out because she perceived you as such a threat. This is utterly fascinating.
0: oh they like Jim. In a road in Liverpool, with houses on either side, in broad daylight. You know, child. No, study.
1: Literally study. Yeah,
2: there is a problem with the date. Ever, they're not known to have been together at that point in 1975. So, establishing actual visit. Just so you know, Jim. Yes. It would have been March, late February, March, right in there, very early April, right in there, that all, fa- all four of them being together and in England. Now, John had not yet gotten his green card. That means they were in England. If they were in England, and I believe Stephen, then they were in England for a secret event. John was already there probably through using an intelligence or private plane. Because he did not have his green card yet. Well, the secret, so event, would have had to,
1: the secret of that was meeting Stephen.
2: I don't think that it, meeting Stephen alone would have gotten all four together in England. So what's very interesting is a very special meeting took place there, but also establishing that they were in England is a separate issue. I'm speaking for the audience. The audience will doubt People taking Stephen at his word. So I'm talking about what the situation is so that the audience that has doubts knows that we are aware of all those things that have not formally gotten corroboration yet. I believe, Stephen, I did the work with Stephen for five months, Jim. What I'm saying to you is it's good to know that John did not have his green card yet. Therefore, it would have been a very secret visit to England And Stephen was part of it, I believe, which is a very significant event.
1: Why why would John have needed a green card when he was born in Liverpool?
2: Because he was barred from coming back to the United States without the green card. It was a huge issue in his life. They're saying because
0: if he ever wanted to go back to the States, Jim, he had issues. Is that what you're saying, Cliff?
2: Yes, they wanted to bar him. Remember, they were using troubles of his ex-drug use and all of that. He wanted to stay in the States with Yoko, so he supposedly was in the States the whole time. But this points out that maybe for a month or a few weeks, he was not. So it also challenges that whole Beatles history. I just wanted you to be aware of that.
1: Stephen, I want to go back to this exchange. You say it lasted about 10 minutes. And it was on the street, and it was in Liverpool, where you'd been playing marbles. Your mother simply said to John as he walked up, and you were just kind of surprised because here there were five people in your presence that you haven't even seen coming. And she said to John, I haven't told him.
0: I never told him, Jim. I
1: never told him, meaning yeah, she never I was, told you that Paul was dead.
0: That's so, like that
1: now, so that now they could introduce Billy Shears as though he was Paul, and yet you already knew it was, he wasn't.
0: No, no, it wasn't that, Jim. What my mother was saying by saying that was, um, I'm not responsible for telling him. He, he worked it out by himself, Jim. Ah. I so my mum must have been told not to tell me. Ah. Um, so in, in case John thought that she had, mum turned around and said, I never told him, John.
1: Now, so, so George, when he responded to your question by saying we have our suspicions, what, what finger did he hold up? Was it the index finger?
0: Yeah, index finger. They, they had their backs face to me walking away and I followed them behind asking them, George, stop. Turned around and held his finger up like that. Is it to stop me from speaking and said, we have our suspicions? Oh, meaning quiet. It, yeah. yeah, don't talk. Well, no, he didn't do that, Jim, but he kind of...
1: Right, but I mean, know. that was the significance. The significance of the finger was the equivalent of saying, don't talk. Yeah,
0: anymore. we've had enough of you.
1: How, how were they dressed? <laughs> how were each of them dressed? Do you recall yeah, them? I
0: remember John having, um, you know, a sheepskin waistcoat.
1: Yeah.
0: Um... <laughs> I remember Richie having a suit on. I remember um, Billy Shears having a suit on with a crew neck T-shirt underneath, Jim. Okay. Um, I remember George having a maroon, um, not suede, like a textured, you know, like yeah, a suede, yeah, 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 but yeah. not suede, um, and yeah, a maroon. That, that, that velvet, maybe. A yeah. Velvet, Jim. That's it. That's it. Velvet. Yeah. George had a velvet, like long coat on. Um Billy Shear's mother, she was dressed um she looked like a bit fifties, quite old fashioned in a way. Yes. She came across across as being very um stern, you know. A very stern person who could look well sh- you know
1: How was Ringo
0: dressed? Ringo had a suit on. I remember it being a pinstripe suit, Jim, a dark suit, and I think he had a shirt on.
1: I think I've seen photos of each of them wearing the clothing you're describing with the exception of Billy Shears and his mother, of course. Yeah. Wow, this must have been the most stunning event of your entire life.
0: Well, I was stunned, Jim, because one minute I'm just an ordinary boy and I think, well, George is my father, you know, George is a plaster, and that's my identity. And then in, within the space of a few months, my whole identity was stained on its head. Um all of a sudden, I find out I'm James Paul's son, and I actually meet them, you know. Um, these are my uh, heroes too, John, uh, Jim.
1: There's, a, there's, there's no p- possible alternative explanation than that they came to see you because they knew that you were Paul's son, and they wanted to determine whether you would be willing to accept Billy Shears as your father or not. And, of course, they discovered immediately... <laughs>
0: Yeah, they were there to sway me, Jim, Um, like you said, to try and stop me from talking about it. I was talking to my little friends about it, you see. I'd have happily gone on all over the city talking about it. Um, But after John said that, I thought about it, and I sat down, um, and pretty much over the years, I've kept it to myself, Jim.
1: After John said what specifically?
0: We're letting it be, Dicko. When he said that to me... Um, we're letting it, it be. Yeah, we're letting it be, Dicko, he said.
1: Meaning the, the public's accepting Billy Shears.
0: What year was this again? This was 75, Jim.
1: 75? Yeah. So this is well after they'd succeeded with the replacement. I mean, there wasn't any no that- question about it. This is nothing new. He'd been impersonating your father for nine years.
0: Yeah, Wow. I know. It's crazy, isn't it? You know, wow. anyone who doubts this, don't doubt it. My father died in 1966.
1: I'd wow. like. Well, I find, it, I find it rather striking that your mother died so soon after this visit from the Beatles.
0: Yeah.
1: I, so I, I, I have the death
2: certificate so. here if you want. I can read it for you here. Well, show,
1: it, show us what it looks like here first.
2: Uh, yes, here we go. Okay.
1: Not the back side, yeah. Okay. But you got it. You There's a, 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 Pull it back. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We can read this. This is all handwritten.
2: Yes, it's, a, it, it's
1: so a. She was cremated. Uh,
2: we don't know. He didn't get to attend the funeral. I
0: thought it said in the. She, she was buried in the family plot, Jim. She's buried in the family plot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my let,
2: can I read you the actual? Uh, yeah. Go, 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 go you ahead. You have ahead. It? Okay. Yeah. So the registration district was Liverpool, Administrative Area, Metropolitan. Liverpool, the date and place of death, which we didn't actually know until I received this in the mail, okay, was the 19th of April, 1975, mm-hmm. okay, at the Liverpool Royal Infirmary, uh, Stephen. The Liverpool mm-hmm. Royal Infirmary is where she actually died. I don't know if that's where she was admitted, but that's where she died. Her maiden name was Mottram. Her date and place of birth were 13th of October 1932 in Liverpool. Uh, she was the wife of George John, John Dickinson, who was a plastering contractor at 7 Eddington. What, what Road, year
1: again was she born? 13th of October
2: 1932. 1932?
1: She was about nine
2: years old. She was about nine years, a little uh, a little under nine years older than Paul.
1: Yes, yes.
2: Uh, That's a great happy range difference. Cute, young, 33, 30-year-old 30 when he was 23, 24, but he, she was more mature, okay? Um, uh, the surname and name of the informant on the death certificate is George John Dickinson, widower of the deceased. The usual address is 7 Eddington Road, as Stephen uh, claims in his testament. The cause of death, they say 1A is carcinomatosis. I don't know if that is lungs. I don't know. And B is primary carcinoma colon. So I, there's two cancer regions certified by HGEEMB. So H-G-E-M-B. I don't know what medical bureau, bureau I guess. Um, it was the 21st of April 1975 and it was the registrar was C.B. Edmund. So there is the death certificate for your mother's. Thank you. Even, which you, thank, you now thank you. Received.
0: Yeah,
1: tell me a, a little more, anything else you'd like to add in the remaining eight and a half minutes we
0: have. I'd just like to restate that any of my siblings who are watching this, get in touch with me. We need to do something about this. We need to actually um, yeah. provide more proof than we already had. And like you said, Jim, it would be an extraordinary coincidence if we were siblings. It, there would only be one way of explaining it, wouldn't it?
1: Now you're saying basically since the visit from the five of them that you basically not been talking about it, that you didn't talk with your chums or your playmates or whatever, you basically just kept it to yourself.
0: It's come up, um, I've never ever, I never came out and told even my closest friends that I was James Paul's son. But But over the years, Jim, I have told people that, that he's dead. I have said this to my friends over the years, once or twice. Yeah,
1: yeah but mean, wouldn't they find that just sort of odd oh, coming out of the blue? Yeah. I mean, how, would, how would you know, you know?
0: Well, yeah, they they, they um, I never got much of a response. Um, yeah, it's lucky
2: they didn't give you a bad response. <laughs> they didn't give me a bad response.
0: <laughs> see, well, yeah. See, I
1: mean, I, I, it's interesting that it took nine years after Paul's death for them to come around to visit. Did you ever find that strange? Um, it must have been because you were talking about it. It must have been because you were talking about the word was getting out that they wanted to see what they could do
0: about it. See, it was that much of a big secret, Jim. It has lots of implications. Um, so like you said, um, it was to stop me talking about it. That's what caused the visit. Do, it, do
1: we have any reliable basis for a t- DNA comparison with... with James Paul McCartney.
2: What do you mean, Jim? Do we have any material from him?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you have a lock of my father's hair, could you could you come forward, please, so I can prove I'm his son?
2: There was a. Well, lock there's got to the be hair. a
1: problem with chain of custody there, Stephen. You know.
2: Well, there was a there was a lock of hair with a very strong chain of custody certification, as best possible. Um, that was on auction some years ago, and now individual hairs are being sold with that, probably by the buyer. We don't know, but if it did happen to match Stephen, it's a good likelihood it really was Paul's hair you got.
1: The of difference- course we, yeah, we, 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 we yeah. don't have any grave site for James Paul McCartney because his death is being kept as a
2: state secret. Right, it didn't happen. Yeah.
0: Um, I've tried to research this, Jim. Um, there's no record. Um, I knew there wouldn't be, but I had to try. Um, have, I was also trying to find him. Um, have,
1: have you ever met uh, Nick Kohlestrom? He has a book on your father's life and death. He's in the UK. He's in London.
0: Yeah, I've never met him, Jim, but I, I am aware. I know who you mean. I know Nick Kullestrom. Um I think,
1: it'd be, I think it would be great for you to mean. I think you'd hit it off. Tremendously. He's a
0: great guy. Yeah, he seems like a great guy. Um, he stands up for 7-7 seven, seven Truth and nine, eleven 11 Truth. Right, tooth. that's
1: right, that's right,
0: that's right. He, he seems like a brilliant guy. I'd love to meet him, Jim.
2: Now, I yeah. have a second birthday present for Stephen right here on air. Okay? I'm sorry? Second? I have a second birthday present. The fact that he's on this broadcast and did the Testament is really, in a way, his first birthday present right and tomorrow is Ringo's birthday so it is actually Ringo's birthday in England right now he'll wake up to this broadcast uh, but, uh, well, well,
1: we got, well we've got to get it up because well, my studio I mean. has been hit I mean we're having to do this on an ad hoc basis we right
2: okay we but basically right up. now it's Ringo's it's Ringo's birthday but I have a mm. special birthday present for you Stephen right here on air The man you were working with that I cannot name on air, okay, made a discovery which he and I discussed some weeks ago. The place where your story is confirmed in the music of The Replacement is hiding in plain sight at his most pretentious, grandiose work, the Liverpool Oratorio. The woman that Paul character is married to works at a typing pool and is the manager, okay? She's named after the real Paul's mother, Mary, so she's like an older mother. The Paul character, the 1942 born man who marries her, is named with an S name like yours. So what he's done is he's taken the generation up, Mary, and the generation down, you, conflated them into Paul's level. So Irene and Paul are actually represented as married. Now I don't know if that's an exaggeration or if they- where,
1: where, where are they so represented?
2: In the Liverpool Oratorio, if it's interpreted this way, the Paul character and the, the wife character match the Stephen story. Okay? So Sir Paul claimed that the Liverpool Oratorio is autobiographical. But in fact, there's not, almost nothing autobiographical in it if you go by The Ordinary Story. It's just a guy being born in Liverpool in 1942. But if you know Stephen's story, and the man you were working with, Stephen, you can thank him. I, I've never heard that.
0: I've never, he- I've never heard the piece of music he's talking about. It's
2: really, really, really not that great. Sorry, for No, me. I don't, I don't um, listen to it. So but it is greatly pretentious. It came out in 1990, which is like 6'6". Six, six. 1966. So what I was trying to explain is it's a simplified, silly story about a man and a woman, well, and he isn't wants
0: to cheat. it strange teach- that he meant, mentioned someone in a typing pool, cliff The woman that is the... Paul- might have been trying to preempt m- me coming out by doing this, or...
2: No, no, no. I think he was telling the grand story, and she seems to die in hospital as well. So... Irene is in there as the woman who goes out and he represents her as being in the car crash, but that's displaced from Paul. She's pregnant when she gets into hospital, which is, of course, she was pregnant with you when Paul died. The Paul character is named after you with an S name. The Irene character is named after Paul's mother, a little older. It has filled with ghosts, ghosts of the future and the past. The Paul character's father is idealized and dead, which Paul's own father was not. So he's he's,
0: he's based that on me, hasn't he, Claire? That's
2: what we think. So there is your clue hiding in plain sight for the Stephen story, right?
1: We we have less than one minute left. Let's... But
0: Let, let's, uh, let's Jim, one more Jim one more thing I need to say um I, wa- sure. I want to
1: bring you back Stephen I want to bring you back and see if we can get the slides set up with Claire. so okay yeah we'll do it. this is uh, Jim Fetzer your host on the real deal with Claire Kuhn and Stephen Dickinson uh, Paul James Paul McCartney's son. We'll be right back. This is Jim Fetzer, your host on The Real Deal, with my special guest today, Claire Kuhn and S- Stephen Dickinson, Paul McCartney's son. And we're going to go through his uh, affidavit testament uh, as our way of concluding this interview today. Uh, S- Stephen, take it away.
0: Hi, Jim. Um, you can see the testament on screen now. Um, it starts off with just my personal details, of birth. Then it goes on to give my mother's birth. Claire actually read through this um, earlier on. It just states that, um, see, I'm I'm blocked out here a bit as well, guys. Your screens are blocking some of this testament out for me. to I I remember asking George how he met my mother, how they originally met, thinking it would be at a party or something like that. But George said, I just met her wandering around, which I always thought was strange. Um, Well, that's in Liverpool. And... she told me when I was seven that my father was James Paul McCartney, the Beagle, who was born on the 18th of June, 1942. I was conceived just before his death in 1966. After his death, my mother met um, the man who raised me, George John Dickinson, and she married him. Um, until I was seven years old, I believed that, that he was my father until she told me that James Paul was. It says here in the second paragraph, even at a young age, when I was only seven years old, coming from Liverpool, I knew who James Paul McCartney was. I was surprised by what my mother had told me, um, as you would be, um, and expressed my disbelief. But um, the conversation ended with her stating in no uncertain terms that James Paul was my father, um, and it was important that I knew who my biological father was. and I asked Mum how she met uh, my father. She told me that she worked managing the typing pool opposite Brian Epstein's office. And that Paul used to come over and visit in her, in her dinner break and chat it up. they chat about stuff. Um, so that's how they met. Mum had a keen interest in classical music and this gave, gave them something in common. Um
1: yeah, that's fine. You don't have to read every word because we've got it no,
0: all. No, I'm not sure what to read out and what not to, and I can't see it all. <laughs> you're, you're, um, doing,
1: you're doing fine. We're at the top of page two. Go ahead.
0: Okay. After my mother met Paul, he took it on a, a break. Now, Mom had a, I remember my mother showing me a photograph, Jim. She was on a fancy balcony overlooking the river, and she told me this was in Austria. So Paul took my mother away with him to austria to vienna to vienna yeah so it, it states this here also i found out um after that they the beatles were filming in innsbruck yes so you know this that might have been a time when they were filming help i believe it was so that might have been a time and yes the photograph i was shown was um as I say, I, I wasn't sure. I, I do believe that Paul was married, um, so I'm not sure what went on. I don't know whether it was to my mother or not, um, but I do have a suspicion that Paul was married. Um, also, that my mother lived in Dewsbury Road, Jim. Dewsbury Road, which is mentioned. And there's something else I'd like to say as well. Um I, I believe that my mother and myself, as a baby, were in the film Magical Mystery Tour*. And I'd like to um, ask if any extras from that film are around and watching this, and they remember Irene with a young baby, would you come forward and contact me, please, to confirm this? Because I believe my mother was in Mystery as and Extra Jim, and I, I was in it as well. Um, when i when I was younger I was told that my mother carried me past the normal nine months um wh- wh- one of my friend my mother's friends who lived in the area commented to me and she said um, your mother hung on to have you meaning it was a long pregnancy again so it wasn't the norm my my um, pr- my mother's pregnancy with me wasn't nine months it was longer um, and i remember being t- um told this when I was young, I'm thinking that's strange, a strange thing to say. Um,
2: um, Actually, may I just add something here, this is something that's come up a lot on forums, is whether he could even be legitimate because of a long pregnancy. I was a 10-month baby, there are a lot of women who were not induced in those days, and there's a whole little segment in here about how that might be possible, So, yeah. either way he still could be Paul's son. It doesn't Sorry, mean...
1: Look, I'm already convinced, Claire, but yes, you I'm
2: talking... letting the
1: audience
0: know, Jim, because I'm <coughs> gonna you the, the audience. Got it. Yeah. Got okay. it. So that that's what this section is about, Jim, basically. Yeah. Um...
1: <coughs> Go for it, yes.
0: Okay. And it's just stating the only photograph I have of mum now is the one that I showed you on screen where she's present yes. with my younger brother.
1: Yes. Um,
0: after learning that my real father, my biological father, died. You
1: say George claimed he lost the photos of the family? Uh, that, seems, well, yeah. that seems most improbable. That would rather imply that he had destroyed them.
0: That's right, Jim, yeah. I mean, you know, um, I don't know what to make of George, Jim. You know, it, um, we spoke about this before he died. I had to bring it up, and I had to find out what he knew. He called
1: okay. he, his nickname for you was Dicko.
0: That that was just a general nickname when I was when I was a child. That was my nickname, Jim. growing up, Dicko. It's like my surname with a no on the end. We do that in Liverpool. <laughs> okay. Um.
1: Okay. Oh, Dickinson, just Dicko shortened. I got it.
0: Yeah, Dicko for sure. It's a nickname, Jim. A nickname. And George
2: looked after Stephen very well, but if he was um, threatened at any point, he probably would have destroyed the photos. So he was a wonderful father to Stephen. I mean, it's just that Stephen had said that many times, but we don't know. Maybe he, maybe he destroyed everything to keep Stephen safe. We don't know.
1: Yeah, extremely interesting. Keep going.
0: So, and... Actually, you know um, the meeting I spoke about earlier on with, with John, George, Ritchie, um, William, and his mother. Um, a friend of mine, Kevin, witnessed part of it. Jim was there for part of it, and I'm trying to find him. Um, I can't remember his second name. Um,
1: you mean Kevin? Kevin witnessed when the Beatles came to visit
0: you. Yeah. He actually walked up, and he was present. He was present with me, uh, my childhood friend. Kevin.
1: even even when. Billy Shear's mom tried to strangle you?
0: Yes, he was. He witnessed that, Jim. He I was have been
1: shocked.
0: He was, Jim. He was, he was standing there with his mouth open. He just looked at me. Um, now, if, if Kevin will come forward. Kev, if you're watching this, I've looked for you. Come forward. I'm on Facebook. Get in touch with me. Um, I want you to confirm.
2: If a recommendation to Kevin or anyone else, if they not do it in a way that anyone else knows at all, while they come out. So in other words, prepare their own testimonies with no one knowing while they do it. Don't even tell your friends you're about to do it. So that you can get it done, get it saved. Well, and are then out.
1: How, how, how are they supposed to make contact with Steve and Claire?
0: Facebook
2: contact me.
0: Or oh, Claire through Claire or oh, Facebook. You can touch me on but, Facebook. But
2: I wouldn't say a word and they shouldn't say a damn word mm. to anybody. You have, you have,
0: a, you have a face. About. You have a
1: Facebook page,
0: Stephen? Um, not a dedicated one, Jim, but just a normal one, you know.
1: Yeah, no, I don't no, I'm, I'm a public
2: figure. My my information is out there on Twitter and Facebook, so you know it's a little safer. But don't tell anyone you saw the video. Don't tell anyone you even saw this video. Let you let them tell you through the grapevine. Yes.
0: I'd also like to <laughs> um,
2: thank
0: you, Claire. I'd also like to ask Sam Kennedy. Or Gary Marshall, um, my old childhood friends. If you if you um, remember what happened back then, come forward and contact me, please. Okay. Um, but especially Kevin. Um, and as I said, if you're one of my, if you think you're my half brother or my half, you know, my half sister, my half brother, come forward and contact me so we can actually confirm this.
1: keep, also,
0: keep, it, keep, keep scrolling, Stephen. Okay. Um, it's just in this part just saying where, uh, how I figured out that Paul was dead, that my mum didn't actually tell me. I figured this out on myself.
2: Then his mother um, confirmed it though. She did tell yes, him she after. Did. Well, it
0: and this is just going to the part where, um she says that I never told him, John.
1: Oh yeah, here you have the re- recounting um, of the encounter, right.
2: It's, it's a half-truth. She didn't tell him to start with, but he, she did confirm it to him, so she told him.
0: <laughs> um, it's saying here, um, Jim, I believe that they have, they signed the Official Secrets Act, so I believe that's partly why um, many people who know this don't speak. You mean the, he,
1: the Beatles themselves have signed the Official Secrets Act? I
0: believe so, Jim, yeah. I believe they have to sign the, the, and in the...
1: In the interest of the kingdom that this should be kept quiet.
0: Yeah, to, to make sure that, Put you know... If you right. speak about it, there'll be legal consequences. Um, and right. You know, yeah. so I believe they were under that kind of pressure as well, Jim. Um, yeah.
1: Okay, let me say, we have nine minutes left.
0: Right. <laughs> um,
1: so you don't have to go through it all. I think what you're going through is very, very important, so... I think this Official Secrets Act is extremely interesting, yes.
0: Yeah, well, that's only an assumption, Jim, but I'm pretty sure he must have signed that. I believe that explains why people don't talk about it who are close, such as Mick McCartney, who's my my uncle. Um, You know, he must know of my existence, Jim. The family must know I exist.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: Um, You know, I'd, I'd like to be told where my father was buried, so I'm paying my last respects.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Kids um, Keep always. This, this,
0: this part here. In 1975, when I was seven going on eight years old, I was by myself playing marbles in front of my house. I was approached outside my home by John Lennon, George Harrison, Richard Starkey, and the man who replaced my father in the public eye and his mother. I was told it was his mother. Um, they all came walking up as if they had got out of a car somewhere down the street. I remember John had a sheepskin waistcoat on. I remember George having long coats above the knees but still long. Um scroll. Right. Yeah, go ahead. It just describes what they were wearing. Um it describes when my mother came to the front door and said to John, I never told him John and then just turned around and walked back in. Um, supposedly replacement's mum was um, giving me a bad look giving me the evil eye. From the moment she walked up, Jim, before she heard me speak, before right, anything... Right, right, She made me feel uncomfortable. She gave me the evil eye, Jim. Right,
1: right, right. You were a threat to her sons replacing yeah. Paul.
0: And-, and, and, and I wasn't saying what she wanted to hear. Yeah. You know, so that was her <laughs> way of dealing with it. <laughs> um, it's... Size, what she was wearing and um, i'm going to put a public version of this out so anyone can read it jim you think it's, the
1: fancy cook hair could have
0: been the woman um it's hard to say after this length of time jim only meet, meeting her once and i wasn't staring at it but i think she could have been yeah um that could have been the the woman um but the woman I met, I remember um, she had a staunch look and she wasn't made up. She didn't have lipstick on or eyeshadow. shadow. Um, whereas the photographs I've seen of Nancy De Hera, she does, but it could possibly be here. Um, scroll, scroll some more, scroll some more. Okay, okay. so this describes uh, Nancy, Nancy DeHera and the possibility that it could have been here um, and the meeting in India and that she was present in India and that's why, um, you know... Perhaps it could have been the replacement mother. You're,
1: you're not um, scrolling enough,
2: Steve. I keep scrolling. Describe as you go. I'm sorry, Claire.
1: What did you say?
2: I was just advising him to scroll more and, and just kind of superficial because people can to read scroll. it
0: as right, they go. Well, okay, right. then I'll scroll through it. Okay. um, And it, it just um goes into the bungalow bill song. um. Okay. Uh, and that speaks about the, um, the India trip. Obviously, John wrote that song. Um, Billy Shay's mother, she must have been a violent person, Jim, because John wrote Bungalow Bill about her.
1: If, if looks could kill it, would have been us instead. It would have been
0: us instead of him, yeah. This is
1: so fascinating, I know. Yeah.
0: Um, obviously, he looked that before I was born, but she was like that, Jim. She was a terrifying woman. <laughs> um so Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's going to be talking about uh, Billy Shears. I mean, it's a Bungalow Bill, Billy Shears. Bill. Oh,
2: yeah. okay. Well, I love it. okay, I get it. I get it. Paul, Paul, now, Sorry. Paul also, Sir Paul also wrote things like Maxwell's Silver Hammer and Live and Let Die. A lot of people want to deny what a creep side he has. Well, maybe he got it partly from his mom.
1: <laughs> okay, we've got Five minutes.
0: Okay. So that just, you know, who did you kill? Oh, Superficial things this,
1: this is extremely interesting. Yeah, go further. Right.
0: Okay. I asked John who she was, Jim, because she was making me feel uncomfortable with his stare. Right. right. So I asked John who she, and he just turned around and said, his mom. And nodded towards Billy Shears. he
1: didn't say your grandmother. See, if it had actually oh, been Paul no. no. and if she was his mom, she would have been your grandmother.
0: Yeah. But, but there was no pretensions at that, Jim. You know, they knew, I knew he wasn't Paul. You know. Yeah. We all knew where we stood. You yeah. Know. Um,
1: Keep scrolling.
0: Okay. It just says when I was looking at John... We, we don't I was,
1: have to get through it all. I just want to get through more, Stephen. More.
0: Okay. Right. Um, I knew the replacements were standing there trying to look like Paul in the part of my father. Um. I didn't really acknowledge him. Um. And I asked them, where's Paul? I said this, Jim. I asked them that, knowing, you know, that he was but dead. George and,
1: George and John smiled and Ringo laughed because you weren't taken in. You were only seven, but you couldn't
0: be duped. I couldn't be duped, I knew, and I couldn't be kidded, Jim, you know. Yeah. And I didn't yeah. approve, and I wasn't going to pretend I did.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so yeah. I knew them pretending to be Paul, but I wanted to know what had happened. I wanted to know what had happened to my father, Jim. And um, this yes. words out my mouth were, where's Paul? Right. I was, John would explain, you know, going to me. Well,
1: dig- be, Dicko, so he knew your nickname.
0: Yeah. Yeah, must-
2: That's something Stephen didn't realize. He'd never actually thought of it until I asked him, how did he know your nickname? Well, obviously there were conversations going on between the adults over the years. yes.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Stephen, so so scroll a little more. We have three minutes left, and this is going. Okay, <laughs> um,
0: I was hoping, John, that was would explain, but in the end, th- things deteriorated to the point where the replacement, um, Billy Shear's mum, tried to strangle me, and she wasn't messing around. Um, this just states that. Um, I remember peering into John's eyes as he said, "We're letting it be, Dickon, my nickname." He yeah. rolled his eyes towards the man who replaced my father. I never thought about how he knew my nickname. I guess John not only knew my mum from before, but knew my nickname. Um, you, know. you can't um,
1: just let it be. You'll never get away with it. And John looked at you and said, we already have.
0: We already have, yeah. Which, which they um, had,
1: which they which already had,
0: had. Which absolutely stunned me when he said that, Jim. Um, I was watching the television, and I was still seeing the old black and white help films, I hadn't been exposed to much of the later stuff. Um, So I hadn't realized that things had moved on, you know. And John was right. He had gotten away with it. By then it was 1975. And, you know.
1: Scroll a little more, Stephen. We've got less than a minute.
0: A few more words exchanged between us. I was a kid. So in spite of the seriousness... um,
1: this is, this is good, Stephen. I also is good. asked
0: him what meet, meeting the Queen was like, Jim, and we had a bit of banter backwards and forwards. So I asked Ringo.
1: Um, Stephen, we're about to be cut off. I just want to tell you how much I appreciate this. I'm completely convinced. You're utterly sincere. Your story is totally believable. I want to thank Claire for arranging all of this, for discovering you. This is Jim Fetzer, your host on The Real Deal, with my special guest today, Claire Kuhn and Stephen Dickinson, the son of Paul McCartney. I'm very glad to have them here, and I'm very glad for all of you to watch the show. Hi, my name's Gary King, and I've assembled the most formidable JFK team on planet Earth. We've got Dr. James Fetzer. Larry Rivera, who is the number one researcher in the world today when it comes to new research. And we've got Don Fox, who's not afraid to look a little bit deeper than anyone else. So if you're interested in what happened to the 35th president of the United States, then I invite you to our show. It's called The New JFK Show. And it's on YouTube. Go to Gary King YouTube channel. And we've got over 90 shows archived for you there. So if you really want to know the truth. And knowing that over 9 out of 10 researchers are working the other side of the street. In a sea of disinformation. I pledge to you the truth about JFK. Go to Gary King YouTube channel. And find out your true history.